All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, your host and content manager of so-called fantasy experts and founder of fantasysixpack.net. This week, we will be getting into some of the running back preview. Um, my co-host is running a little bit late today. He actually just texted me. I know he had a he had a work meeting that, that dragged him late, so I kind of half expected this. Um, um, anyway, so that being said... We wanted to get into the running backs this week, but first I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, some, and there's a reason why I picked the opening song I did, some American idiots, per se. Uh, Josh Gordon being one, Le'Veon Bell being the other, and quite possibly Ezekiel Elliott being the third. We're not quite sure yet. Um you know, I'm sure everybody knows by now, Josh Gordon has been reinstated for the 2016 season, although he's going to have to be suspended for four the first four games. Um, I mean, pretty big news. You know, I've done a couple really early drafts, and he went super, super late. Um, so pretty big bargain there for the teams that got him. Although you have to kind of wonder, you know, he's basically had a year and a half off of football. I mean, 2014, it was pretty bad. 2015, he missed all of it. Is the guy going to be in shape? He's already had a quad injury. He's going to shut him down for the next couple of weeks until he can start running again. You know, that's always kind of interesting. Um, Le'Veon Bell, is he at it once again? We're not really sure here either. You know, I think first talk of this, missing drug testing was pretty solid news that, you know, this was a foregone conclusion that he was going to get four games, but now I'm hearing stuff come out that he's, he's possibly going to actually get out of this. It's there's rumors floating around that the, the drug tester didn't properly give him notice to, to schedule them. I know, I mean, it seems kind of weird to schedule the drug test, but I guess at least you have to, like, get a hold of him and, and make sure that he's home, I, I assume. I don't really know all the details or the logistics of it all, but it's uh, it sounds like there's a possibility that he could get out of this. And then, you know, if you're drafting within the next couple of weeks here while they're still figuring this out, um, you might be able to get Le'Veon Bell at a severe discount. You know, he's going – I dropped him all the way to the number 10 running back on the, on the board. And you know, he's going, I think some, some leagues he he's going first round still, but I think for the most part, he's going second, third round value. And, you know, if, if he doesn't miss any time, you're getting arguably the, the best running back in the game for, you know, on for a huge discount. Um, and then there's Ezekiel Elliott, and you know there's rumors going around that he has abused his girlfriend, and I'm, I'm not. There's not a whole lot of news out for this right now. Not a whole lot of facts. Um, you just saw pictures of this girl 
where she's got bruises around her neck and on her arms and legs. And she claims it was Elliot, but there's lots of people coming out saying it's not him. So I'm not really sure. I haven't moved him in my rankings and I, I want to bring on our guest tonight a little earlier than I normally would Uh, Richard Seville over at so over at fantasy six pack. Um, I want to get his take on some of this. So let's, let's see here. Richard, you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Hello, Joe. Yeah, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much. Uh, well, actually, there's a whole lot going on from what you've been telling me about in the Yeah, uh, the so news. I, I wanted to get your, uh, your, your take on this. Well, first of all, you mean like with uh, with Josh Gordon or uh, yeah? I mean, I guess let's just run down the lines here. So, so let's let's see here. Um, you know, jo- Josh Gordon. Well, what are you doing with this guy? Like, do you are you just going full blown? I mean, I, I hear people thinking they're going to draft this guy in the fifth round, thinking they're getting first round value from him. Are are you buying in on on him that hard? I, I'm starting him off. I'm starting him off at the consensus WR three. Um, he's got to do a lot of proving. He's out of, he's, he's like you said, he's not been in the game. He's got to be doing, uh, some, some work. There's some competition with Coleman. So, uh, I don't know how, uh, Hugh Jackson is going to utilize him to, to, uh, start with, and he's not going to be starting until week five anyway. So you, um, anybody, anybody that gets him has to stash him like everybody else. So I would, uh, I'm I'm kind of taking the cautious approach and just c- keeping him at uh, at a WR three level for the moment. Um, yeah, it's, I think I think it's a good base level, and you can go up for up or down from there. And actually, uh, before you before you go on, AJ has jumped on, so let's let's bring our co-host on, AJ. What's going on, hey. AJ? What's up? Sorry for the uh, timely arrival tonight. <laughs> That's fine. So. So I just started the show, you know, I wanted to bring up, you know, the Josh Gordon reinstatement. Do you trust him? Le'Veon Bell, what's going on with him? You know, it was a foregone conclusion earlier that he was getting four games. Now we're not so sure. Now it's coming out that maybe the the guy that was supposed to, you know, schedule these drug tests with him didn't do his job properly. So he might actually get out of it. Um, And then there's, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who we're not even really sure here. You know, there's there's reports, there's accusations that he's, you know, hit his girlfriend or some girl at least. And I, there's not enough facts there, but I don't know. I just was, I got Rich's take on on the whole Josh Gordon thing. What 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 are you what are you doing with him? Uh, I mean, I, I love Gordon's performance on the field when he's on the field and not, you know poking the reefer, hitting the bongs. But, uh, you know, I just don't know. I, I, I kind of jumped in and heard a little bit of what Richard was saying about it as far as the not having played in so long sort of deal. I agree that you can't just run out and grab this guy. Um, I I would think at the highest I would give him would be a wide receiver too, but that's if – there's a lot going off the board. There's a huge run on receivers, and I'm really hurting for somebody in the fourth round. But he's still sitting out four games, so it's not like even at a wide receiver two, he's going to be helping you and making an immediate impact in those first four weeks. So 
Um, I, I think the nice thing about it is that he is going to be able to participate in all of the team activities, and you guys may have already mentioned that, um, so I apologize if I'm repeating that, but he'll be able to be involved in all the camps and all of that stuff, so he'll start to get back up to speed, and, you know, for his sake, I hope that he was, you know, keeping in shape and training somewhat in his extended off season. Um just so he could be ready when, you know, this day finally came that Goodell said, you know what, we're going to let you back in, but you're going to get hit with this four-game suspension. Except that I'm guessing you haven't seen the news because it actually just came out a little bit ago. He's now dealing with a quad injury. He's going to be shut down for the next two weeks. Yeah, I I did see something about, you know, uh, an injury to him, so I just didn't know what the extent of that was, but so that 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 hurts right there, but you know it's not a surprise to see that from a guy who's been out of the league for this long. Um, you know, I feel like we see that a lot with with just players in general. That you know we go into the the preseason and there's all these little ticky tack injuries from guys. And, you know, unfortunately, some of them are guys that you planned on having help your team. So, and I'm sure he's one of those guys that a lot of people were waiting on this news and saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to go out and get him. Yeah. Um, I'm probably still going to stay away from the guy. I don't know. I just, I don't trust him at all. So I'm just going to stay away unless he, I mean, unless he were to fall to me in like the ninth, 10th round, which he's just not going to do. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stay steer clear of him. So moving on to Le'Veon Bell, you know when this all came out, four game suspension pretty much was guaranteed. It sounded like, and now you know these rumors coming out about you know maybe the process wasn't done right. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, AJ, what what are you thinking about this? Bell to me. You saw what happened with him last year as far as, what did he have, a two-game suspension? And he was still pretty much a first-round pick. Um, yeah. You know, this seems this seems like it's kind of old hat, deja vu, whatever you want to call it, um, for him this year. And it's potentially double the suspension. I'm definitely not looking at him as a first-round pick. Um, I, I feel like some people are still going to reach on him in the first round. But – I think maybe uh, there might be enough, you know, enough of a of an audience that is going to wait on him a little bit longer, A, because of the suspension, and B, because of last year where he had a suspension and then he was injured. So, you know, is he going to be a guy that's going to produce for you all season long? And is he going to, um, you know, is he going to merit that, that early pick? That's really the, the main question in my mind. Um, for me, the answer is, is no, not as a first-rounder. If he somehow falls to me and, you know, late in the second round, I might think about it a little harder. But, you know, depending on how late it is, he could still be there on the turn pick too. So that's probably where I, I see him, though. Yeah, where that's I'm kind of about where I'm going to get him. But I just, again – 
I I said earlier, I don't think you're going to get him there, which is unfortunate. But if he does fall there, then, yeah, I'll probably take him. What what do you think about this, Richard? Are you there? I guess we lost Richard. Richard? Hey, did you come in, Richard? <laughs> uh, I'm, try something I, I'm on. I mean, I yeah. muted it. Maybe muted the phone or dropped Yeah, the phone. I don't know. Richard, we're going to need you to call back in, man. I think we lost you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I mean, I, I'm uh, – I'm all for for taking Le'Veon Bell in the in the late second, early third, but I don't think I'm going to touch him. I mean, the guy's been super injury prone to, you know, I, I know he's got all the talent in the world, and when he's on the field, it's a huge difference maker. It's just, I don't know if it's worth the risk. I mean, people got burned by him pretty bad last year. I was one of them, and it was bad. You could not make up drafting him as the, you know first, second, third overall pick, whatever you took him as. And then, you know, that, that, that happening. So I think we've got him back. So let's try this. Richard, you there? Hello, Joe. Sorry about that. I I lost my, uh, I lost my microphone. Uh, Uh, Yeah. You were talking about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that if you take Le'Veon Bell, if you reach for him in the first round, you're pretty much forced to reach for D'Angelo Williams. Of course. Somewhere down the line. So you're uh, you're kind of putting your you're kind of putting uh, you're going to be in a funny draft strategy situation there because you're going to have to account for uh, because you're going to always have to be watching for D'Angelo Williams somewhere down the line because you've got well, to he'll go in like the sixth round at this point. Yeah, so you've got to so you've got to uh, so you kind of have to make sure that uh, you've got to be constantly watching him. You're, and make sure somebody else doesn't scoop him up as along the way. So Le'Veon Bell, yeah, it's a it's a rough road to pick him up, especially if you pick him up early. If you don't, if you don't pick him up early, well, the problem solves itself because then you can take somebody else before him and and uh, pick him up along the way. Well, but so on think, that same token, like, you know, people we are going to take him in the first round. Where, where are you taking D'Angelo Williams now? Like, so even if you yeah, don't, take, exactly. even if you don't draft Bell, where are you comfortable taking D'Angelo Williams? Like he's say the four game suspension happens. He is quite possibly only valuable for four games. So where do you, yeah. but those four games could be monster. I mean, we saw him last year and he was, a stud. So, yep. what do you do with him? Uh, afterward, I, I mean, you hold on to him. Obviously, you keep. You keep well, I'm just saying, like, where do you draft him? Oh, where do you draft him? I mean, if you take Bell. Yeah. Well, if you take Bell, I think you kind of just got to wait and and hope, like you know, where he is going at around the uh, the sixth round. You might have to reach in the fifth, in case somebody else might somebody else might pick him up. Um, you know, but for that way, I mean, four games also, in a season of of good production is something you can't you can't uh, you can't look away from. So uh, I I don't think anybody else would would necessarily take him right away, especially if, if they don't have Bell. But you know, uh, people like to throw monkey wrenches in in drafts, you know, and <laughs> uh, and, and jerk you around. So you've got to be aware of uh, of 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 people who do. Uh, 
who do uh, nasty tricks. So I would I would definitely I would definitely go for D'Angelo Williams if I had Bell right away straight away. I'd be, I'd, if I have Bell, gotta gotta get Williams to cover it. Well, so AJ, let me ask you the other side of that. If you don't draft Bell, where are you taking? Where are you taking Williams? If I don't draft Bell, I'm. I mean, it's, I'd probably look at Williams. You know, start looking at him late fifth, maybe early sixth. But here again, I mean, is he a rental for four weeks, and then Bell comes back and you know takes back over. I mean, D'Angelo had a great season last year, but it was because of all the missed time from Bell. So, Absolutely. you know, if you're going to reach on him, you, you're really banking on the fact that Bell does get hit with a four-gamer, and then either Williams shows enough to Mike Tomlin, you know, in that first four weeks that, hey, I deserve this, uh, you know, this starting gig. Um, or at least a, a you know a healthy amount of the timeshare, um, you know. And it, but but he's really you know a, a Le'Veon Bell injury away from being a, a very prolific starter, I think. So I, I do think you have to weigh that. But you got to get your your known quantity starters first. And I feel like that's at least two solid receivers and, and two solid running backs. So fill that out first. And then, you know, if he's sitting there, like I said, late fifth round and, and you're comfortable with the, the early depths that you got at those other positions, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be afraid to take a flyer on him there. Yeah. I don't know what I would do with Williams. I think if I don't get Bell, I'm probably just going to stay away from Williams for the most part. But moving on, Ezekiel Elliott, again, there's not a lot of news here. I personally haven't moved him down my rankings, but I had him a little lower than a lot of people did already. Are you guys adjusting your rankings of Elliott based on the potential that there could be something here with the with the uh, abuse charge? Domestic violence charge. Well, I don't think I don't think that woman's being being truthful, and that that seems to be uh, something that's been coming out in the news too uh, about that. And uh, I think you got to take Ezekiel. I mean, if if Darren McFadden can get four point six yards per carry, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott can get four point six yards per carry or more. He could at least he could at least match when Demarco Murray was there. When Demarco Murray, what did he got around the same four point seven? I see here. So he's. I mean, I I I really don't. I there hasn't been a lot of news about it. It hasn't been at the top of the news probably for probably because um, the I don't think the NFL is pursuing it all that closely. Otherwise, I think we'd be hearing a lot more about it. So that's how I think. Yeah, I mean, the news I'm seeing on it right now is, uh, you know, and this is the first I even heard about it, but, you know, it was Friday morning, and, you know, he's denied the allegations. There's four other witnesses, including him, that denied any sort of domestic violence even occurred or took place. So, you know, 
if he's not arrested, he's not charged with anything right now. You know, I'm sure the league's going to do their due diligence on it, but you know, like Richard said, I, I don't, I don't see them digging too far into this. If they if they do a little diligence and see that this woman is, you know, a crackhead and and not, you know, she's just trying to get her 15 minutes of fame, or or she's a, a scorned ex-lover trying to, you know, come back and realizes that this is a huge hot button issue in general, um, but also with with the NFL and athletes in general. So, you know, it's an easy, hey, let me go out and say this happened sort of deal and screw him over. Um, it doesn't scare me away from drafting him, though. Uh, I still really like Elliott this year. And, you know, I, I think he's still going to go late first round. Um, I mean, if he's hanging around in the early second, I'm taking him. No question. Yeah, I'm high. I'm, I'm right with AJ on that. I, I'm, I'm very big on him. I mean, um, you look at what, like what, like I said about Darren McFadden, four point six yards per carry. Why can't Why can't Elliot do that? And not only that, uh, they were talking about them uh, giving him well over what was it, three hundred and the the recent news on him, three over three hundred seventy five carries, which isn't a lot considering that, that Demarco Murray. Um, got 390 carries, so they'll work. That's them. still a ton of carries, though. <laughs> and look That's at still what a ton of carries, yeah. yeah, but it's not a, it, it's not too unrealistic. I mean, I would even say I would even say Alfred Morris. If anything happens to uh, Ezekiel, I think Alfred Morris could do 4.6 with that offensive line. Yeah, I mean that's Maybe. the that's the thing I'm looking at here. You know, McFadden had five. 100-yard games when he pretty much really took over after the bye week in week seven. Um, and, and the last two weeks of the season, he was right there again at 99 yards and 92 yards. Um, you know, four of those five games, he had over 20, 20 or, or more carries. So he was an absolute workhorse in those games. And it, you realize that, you know, when Tony Romo was definitely down, so they were leaning heavily on the run, um, but that other that other game was 111 yards versus Green Bay in Week 14. He only had nine carries, so he had some huge rush that game. I don't have the box score up in front of me, but the problem was that he only had three touchdowns, and only two of them came after the Week Six bye. So you know that's a huge drought to have. I mean. The scoring was nice because he was getting, you know, mid-teens and getting, you know, the the yardage for the most part. But he just had – he had two rushing touchdowns, I'd say. I mean, looking at some of these points, he had to have had some receiving touchdowns too. Um, but I, I just think that, that Elliott's going to definitely be more, you know, more responsible for – a, a huge chunk of that offense, especially with a healthy Tony Romo. You know, he's going to be setting up play action with that running game all all day. So, Yeah, I tend to agree with you guys, but I don't know. There's just something about it. I, I just – maybe it's Dallas, but I just – it's hard for me to just trust this guy right out of the gate. You know, first round for a rookie, that seems pretty bold. So – 
Anyway, I want to get in. Like, I know th- these were kind of like prelude questions into the uh, into the running back preview, but so so let's get into it here for real. You know, so for running backs, for me, I know zero running backs is a huge thing that that's going on now, and a lot of people are buying into it, especially in PPR leagues. But to me, if you know, if you can land. There's only so many workhorse running backs, and and um, I feel like you have to get one of those guys. And if if you if you don't if you don't get a at least one reliable running back in the first two rounds. Or if you have like the first or second pick, you know, maybe take your reliable guy in the third round, whatever, then I feel like you're really just kind of rolling the dice and hoping that you're hoping for like bounce back guys or, you know, you're, you're hoping to just almost kind of stream running backs every week. And I'm to me, playing kind of the the daily fantasy game in a season-long league usually leads to failure. You're going to guess wrong. I mean, how many times do you, like, get asked questions, who do I start this week? And, you know, when it's, like, a lot of the guys who are all around the same value and you're just trying to guess which one's going to blow up, you tend to be wrong. And it's, it's a hard game to play. I like to have at least one reliable running back. You know, you can get guys like Sean McCoy late second round. You can get guys, you know, you can you can find these guys in the late second round if you want to get that Odell Beckham in the first round. And I totally don't blame you in PPR leagues. You know, get those Odell Beckhams, those Julio Jones, Antonio Browns, the, the Hopkins, A.J. Greens. Those guys are absolute monsters. But, you know, in there, you don't want to forget about the David Johnsons. Adrian Peterson still is good. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell, if we find out that this suspension doesn't happen, I guess Ezekiel Elliott, people are saying it's going to happen. I'm still kind of a non-believer. But, um, you know, that that's kind of my strategy on it. I kind of don't go with the zero running back theory. I'm kind of a one and one at this point. I used to be kit your two, but I, I, you know, I realize now that, you know, wide receivers are kind of running the show. And uh, so I, I go for one and one. I usually kind of split my first and second round. Um, so, so that's what I think, you know, AJ, are, do you kind of agree with that or are you? Yeah, I'm still sticking with a one to one. And it depends on where I'm drafting as far as which one I'm taking first. Um, you know, I, I think with everything going more PPR, I, I, I'm leaning more heavily towards receivers as my first-round pick. Um, I mean, those guys are just, like you said, they're monsters. They put up huge points. Um, but with all the injuries to running backs lately, while it seems like it's every year, but last year I feel like was just really bad it's hard to go out and, and find that workhorse that's going to stay there all year for you. So I'd rather much, you know, go after a stud receiver who seems like they should be able to play more, but you know, receivers get injured too. 
Yeah, I think you're better absolutely. off. I, I think you're better off in a in, with with a WRWR than an RBRB. Uh, if you are going to go to, but even like you say, Joe, if you go if you go for two wide receivers to to start your draft, you're going to be catching up. You're going to be catching up because there's there's one thing that really that you really feel in your fantasy team is when you have weakness at R, at the at the RB position. And catching up catching up in your uh, catching up in the draft with the other thing with with the other positions. Uh, I mean, it's not only that because you're, okay, you got to focus. You got to focus on other players too. You got there's a quarterback. You got to get down the line. But you know, immediate. But immediately, as soon as you take two wide receivers, your focus is on. I got to get the running backs. But if you take one and one, like you say, you're a little bit more. You got a little bit more flexibility there. You know, you kind of uh, can. You can kind of, uh, you know, cruise the. Um, and, and look in the shop window a little bit for for other for other players, um, and this is why someone like uh, taking Gronk in the first round. I really I still I cannot take I cannot take Gronk in the first round. I just cannot I cannot use my first pick on on Gronkowski as good as he is, um, because again that's even more of a catch up. Because as soon as you take a tight end right away, you're 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 catching up on a. You've got to catch up on everything, the wide receivers and the running backs. So I, I'm I'm for I'm for the one and one, in either order. Actually, if you get if you get the if you get the running back first, that's fine. If you get the wide receiver first, that's fine. Uh, but uh, if you go if you go wr wr, you got to be prepared for uh, really uh, spending the rest of your draft catching up on the on the uh, running backs. At at the at the expense of a lot of other positions that you're doing while you're while you're drafting in the snake. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it sounds like we're all in kind of agreement here. So, you know, kind of the way we do things here, Richard, for the for the position previews is, you know, we we give the strategy and then we'll go through some questions. We'll ask you some questions and then we'll run through some of the injury the guys coming back from injury, you know, kind of get your take on them, some busts and sleepers, and then touch on some rookies. So the first question I have for you is, do you trust David Johnson to be a workhorse in Arizona this year? With Keep in mind, you know, that Chris Johnson is still there. Andre Ellington is still there. It is still Bruce Arians. Is it going to actually happen? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I like David Johnson. I've got him as my number one uh, running back. I have no, I have no question that that uh, Arians will will run him. However, that said, I will still cuff him with uh, with Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson is deep enough uh, is deep enough down the chain that you don't have to worry about somebody else grabbing him up, especially if you have David Johnson. So I would uh, I would definitely take David Johnson. He's he's great. He's pass catcher. He, he's uh, he might not be all three downs, but I think he'll get the. I think he'll get enough touches to put you to give you good enough production week to week. And not only that, Arizona moves the football. They move the sticks. I like teams that uh, move the football, and Arizona is a team that moves the football. The longer your offense is on the field, the more fantasy points your your players will get. So that's why I absolutely trust David Johnson. Number one in my book. Number one ranked yeah. running back. Interesting. All right. Yep. 
All right. Yeah, I I, I could see that. I mean, I I picked Johnson up late last year and, and rode him out, so definitely looking for him again this year. Um, all right, so the next question we got here for you is Doug Martin not on a contract year this year. Is he trustworthy option for you and your team? Well, here, here's the way I look at Doug Martin. Doug Martin, Doug Martin to me is a um, a lower end RB one for standard, and for PPR, I consider him a uh, a very kind of in the medium uh, range uh, RB two. Uh, so it depends on what kind of league you're in. If you're in, if you're in a, uh, if you're in a standard league, eh, he's fine. He'll, he'll, he'll be good enough. Um, there's, uh, the option of course is Charles Sims, uh, who's the, who's his relief back and, um, Dirk Cotter, uh, the, the coach, uh, tended to, uh, run a lot of the, um, run the offense. So I don't expect a lot to change uh, from last year, even though Lovey Smith is gone. I, I expect more or less the same, but I think I think Doug Martin still runs it, and you'll get a couple of series with Charles Sims uh, in there because that's that's uh, that's that's how it happened last time. I actually I actually think uh, Charles Sims is a great uh, if you if you're inclined to cuff your running backs, he's a good cuff for uh, Doug Martin. And actually, I would say that Charles Sims. Is actual is actually playable in the flex, uh, depending on matchups. Yeah, I absolutely like Sims and in flex, especially PPR leagues. He's he's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Um, speaking of handcuff guys, I don't know if you really consider these guys handcuffs or not, but I mean, we saw we saw C.J. Anderson go really early in drafts last year, and he kind of burned owners until the very, very end of the season. Ronnie Hillman was kind of there in the mix. Are you looking at either one of these guys to be on your teams? Uh, for me, uh, when, it, when it comes to these, these committees, um, with, especially like with, uh, with Jeremy Hill, you actually picked one of, the, one of the teams that I have a problem with. I actually like Gio Bernard more than I like... Uh, I think I think there's more upside with Bernard than there is for Jeremy Hill. Um, I think I think it's a for where you're drafting him. I think Gio Bernard's the better bargain, uh, the better bargain pickup, mainly because of the uh, the yards from scrimmage totals that that they put up. I find uh, I was examining this uh, uh, before uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about it on my show, and we were we were thinking uh, that that uh, Jeremy Hill is a lot more touchdown dependent. And so you kind of have to count on him to get his carries and also take it into the, uh, take it into the end zone. Now, Gio Bernard, he doesn't go into the end zone as much, but in PPR, Gio Bernard will uh, at least catch a lot more balls. He gets a lot more, uh, he gets a lot more uh, touches that way, and he will score the odd touchdown, perhaps not as much as Jeremy Hill, but uh, I would, I definitely in the, in that committee, I would prefer, I would prefer Gio Bernard. So, so that was in actually the committee. Kind of a, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, did I? <laughs> you're definitely. Oh, you know 
<laughs> Sorry, I think you skipped ahead and you I got ahead of you. I was talking about. So yeah, I was. Yeah, I was guys reading our minds on these questions. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm sorry yeah. about that. Oh man, no, I, okay. I, I, I was, I was, uh, I, I was, I was, I was busy doing something. <laughs> All good. Uh, I, d- all I good did information. Uh, too much information overload. That's right. We call we call that the Larry Fitzgerald syndrome with what just happened. So. <laughs> yeah, if you missed last week's episode, Richard, he was all of a sudden AJ starts talking. He starts talking about Larry Fitzgerald, and we were talking about quarterbacks, and we were like, "What in the world?" So that's awesome. Two shows in a row, just total snafus. All right, good, good time. Uh, uh, I'm really sorry. Well, you can get me back on the edge if you want. <laughs> good, good air. I'll we'll have to invite you on. The vegan. So to go back, what do you think about C.J. Anderson and Rodney Hillman? <laughs> <laughs> Same question, just different players. Okay, uh, I guess I guess I like C.J. Anderson a little bit more. Now here's 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 the thing I was talking about before about about teams that move the ball and move the sticks. I don't think Denver is a team that can move the sticks and keep the offense on the field, so you get a lot of production for for these players. Um, I, I I kind of erased. Uh, Ronnie Hillman from the uh, equation, and I'm only focusing on uh, C.J. Anderson in this. Still think he's worthwhile. Uh, I, I'm not reaching for him, but I'm not I'm not putting him away. I consider him, uh, you know, uh, if if you're talking about low, medium, and high targets, I would consider C.J. Anderson kind of a medium to low target, maybe maybe medium a medium target at best for me. Um. So, I uh. So that's that's where I th- that's where I'm that's where I'm going with uh, uh, C. J. Anderson and not Gio Bernard. <laughs> yeah, I mean we were gonna ask them about them anyway, so that worked. But uh, yeah, I mean so, so it sounds uh, like yeah, you're kind of up on Anderson. You sort of like Gio more than Hill. You don't like Hillman at all. Ooh. No. Nope. So if there is, and you kind of said this earlier, so you like Charles Sims, are there other kind of, are there other, let's call them more backups than anything. Are there other backups that you like that you are going to target in like, you know, after sixth, seventh, eighth round type of guys that. Oh, that you those look at oh there's lots, there's lots of good ones out there. Like I like Kenneth Dixon of, uh, of, uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens' backfield is something uh, to watch. Um, I'm very, very, very interested in Kenneth Dixon uh, to see what he can do because I don't think I don't think uh, Justin Forsett will last the season. I think he might go halfway, and I think Joe Voorhees Allen and him will be splitting carries, and I think uh, I think they're going to work in Kenneth Dixon nicely. So I'm I I that's my kind of bold prediction there. So I'm I'm kind of okay. looking at Kenneth Dixon for a late round pick. Um, is there if there's anybody else, uh, I kind of like uh, uh, some other some other players in the. Well, I tell you what, who I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in anybody from the Giants at all. Still, <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I, I was looking at the ranks and just saw Rashad Jennings. Or Rashad Jennings, and I was like, yeah, Giants. I was like, that's a mess of a situation. Yeah, I've got him at yeah, like thirty ninth, and this is, I think these are PPR rankings I'm looking at. I got him at like thirty ninth, and then like 
10 below that, I feel like the next five giant running backs are all ranked within the next 15. And it's just a mess. I'm like, I'm not even going anywhere near that. There's too many people. So I agree with you there. Yeah, but I, I am, I am uh, going to be watching uh, Cameron Artis Payne. I don't think Stewart will last the season. I think they're going to be working in. Uh, I think they'll work in Cameron Artis Payne a little bit more. Um, there's in the on the Carolina Panthers. I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at picking up uh, flyers like him. You know, if need be, I'm I'm not I'm not averse to taking them. Yeah, uh, Payne. Didn't really impress me. I thought he'd be a little bit better. He did not impress me last year when he got a chance. And that was a good team, too, so that was kind of surprising. So, you know, you to speak injuries, you kind of spoke on there. That's the next topic. You know, we already yep. talked about Le'Veon Bell, and he's kind of a guy. Yeah, he's coming back from the injury, already discussed. So some other guys that I've got listed down here, and you can add one or two if I missed a couple, but Jamal Charles – Thomas Rawls and Deion Lewis are three big ones to me that are coming back from injury. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think about these guys? Well, Deion Lewis is already on the, uh, is already on the preseason pup active list. So yeah, I don't like mean guys. Anything. Who, well, I know that, but it's still, it, it kind of tells you uh, that, well, they're, they're, they're resting them. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not. They're not keeping them on. Besides, I don't like New England uh, running backs even at the best of times. I know Dion Lewis was a lot better than Shane Vereen ever was, but I, I'm. I, I don't know the way Belichick. Uh, Belichick. That is, does things to your fantasy team. Uh, you can't count on that. You can't count on on steady production. Um, I don't actually. Speaking of uh, the Patriots, I read somewhere that Blount might not make the fifty-three man. So, I did see that actually. I tend to not believe that. I think they'll figure out a way to get him in there. Yeah, he's been too too strong for them. I mean, it, just when it when it really counts. I mean, he was kind of subpar throughout the season last year. I feel like, but you know, in the playoffs, he he was a monster. So. They'll find a way to keep him on there. But Dion Lewis, yeah, again, not a not a high target, not a low target, more of a medium target for me. Uh, Rawls, Rawls is a he's a guy that you've been hearing about throughout the whole preseason. That Carroll says, oh, he's going to be ready, and then you read another thing. Yep, he's he's on target for for training camp. He's all ready to go, and apparently. Uh, um, we were talking that, that Jimmy Graham is actually ahead of him, who had a more serious injury, uh, is actually ahead of him in, in the healing process. So I'm kind of wondering what's going on with uh, Rawls. I think he has an ankle injury or something. And ankle injuries, you know, with running backs, you've got to get over an ankle injury or else you're you're kind of wondering what's going to be going on. I mean, I mean, if you take... The problem is with taking Rawls, you don't want to really cuff him with with Christine Michael because I don't think Christine Michael is a is a very good uh, back, and I think C.J. Precise is uh, really a replacement for uh, Fred Jackson as a third down back. 
So I don't really know what to do about the uh, about the Seahawks backfield if if Rawls isn't if Rawls isn't a hundred percent. That's one thing I don't mind. I don't mind players coming back from injury as long as they are a hundred percent. If they're a hundred percent, you get good production. If they're not a hundred percent going into the season, well, I think you're taking a chance. But uh, Rawls, I just wish that there there's going to be. If he, I hope he has a good preseason, and I hope that he sees him out there. He's probably not going to be out there much, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do about the Seahawks. It used to be a no-brainer, just take take up beast mode, and you're and you're set for the season. This year with the Seahawks, you just don't know. And not only that, the Seahawks have, are are changing towards a more balanced offense, uh, as we saw in the latter part of 2015. Yeah, and then so the last guy I want to do to talk on here is Jamal Charles. Now for me, like I'm still, I still like Charles. I'm still willing to draft him in the second round. Um, I know it's for Kendrick West, and and where you know they they prove that they can get the job done. So maybe they use him as a little bit of rest. But this guy is obviously one of the best out there. So I'm willing to take him. What are you thinking about him? Well, I think you take Charles at the bargain price that he is. Um, and actually, I've been I've been reading further that it's actually Spencer Ware and not Chartandic West that is the more likely uh, is the better bet to uh, cuff him with. Um, it'd be nice to cuff him with all three, but you can't you can't load your uh, bench with Chiefs. No, well, I guess you can, <laughs> but uh, I mean it's pretty. There even even those backups are quite pricey. Like uh, I, I I'm not sure exactly where uh, where. Spencer Ware and Charkander West are going in the, in their ADPs at the moment. I'd have to look it up, but I know it's not that low. So I still think the, uh, for the price Charles is going, yeah, get him. Yeah, and so, you know, we're not going to have time to touch on all these guys, but just to keep in mind, there are a couple other players coming back from injury that you want to keep an eye on. Latavius Murray, uh, Amir Abdullah, uh, Langford, I guess you can throw in Lacey, um, you know, um, so, you know, it seemed like every running back was hurt last year at some point. So, you know, that's kind of the deal, but so to go on, um, the next topic here, who are a couple of your busts? Uh, a couple of, a couple of my busts. Uh, I did mention them in the article, uh i'm not i'm not very keen on uh well i think you already mentioned amir abdullah i don't think amir abdullah uh mainly because i just don't think uh detroit is uh again it's it's an offense that i don't feel like they're going to get a lot of first downs i don't think abdullah is the type of running back to move the sticks um started off you know the first game you know he broke he broke away from the pack and scored a touch anything. Oh boy, this guy's good, but not there. So I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of wondering about him. I'm kind of, and I'm actually, you know, we didn't mention, we didn't touch on this, but I'm actually, because of Arian Foster joining into uh, Miami, I'm kind of a little bit worried about Ajayi now, because I, I'm kind of concerned that Foster could possibly take over that backfield. I mean, he's obviously good enough to do it. So, there are some concerns about 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 Ajayi's value now. Uh 
because uh, I feel that Arian Foster, but but you still got to have a jockey because Arian Foster, when he gets hurt, he stays off his he doesn't stay off for just two or three games. It seems to stretch out to six sometimes. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something to keep in mind with them. And that was another topic I wanted to get to, but ended up skipping it up top is the whole Ajayi Foster deal. Um, that's going to be a, a really interesting situation to see what goes on with, with camp reps and preseason reps and things like that to kind of see who gets what there. Um, and also to see if, you know, Foster's fully healthy and if he's going to get, you know, is he really going to work in a different offense? You know, he was really good in the Houston offense, that one cut back offense. You know, does Gase run the same thing? And that's going to be interesting to see. Um, just real quick, you know, my my couple busts here are Hyde. I think he's still going too early. The 49ers are just going to be pretty awful. Um, and I don't like Doug Martin. I think he got paid. And I think they're going to open up the passing offense a little bit more. And maybe that helps him get in the end zone still, but I think he's going to be pretty inconsistent. And you don't think even think you it. don't even think he's good enough for uh, standard. I don't know. I don't know about that, Joe. I think you're wrong on that. I think I think Martin's good enough. He's got a, he's got the he's got the backfield all to himself. I mean, you're going to have okay, yeah, you're going to have a couple of series with uh, with Charles Sims coming in there, but uh, Martin's Martin's. Uh, oh, we've seen Martin's back on his feet. Saw it. We saw it big his first year, his rookie year, then two horrible years, and then he was good last year. I, I don't like it. I, I want, I want more consistency well, out of my. Well, you know the reason back. why he wasn't. Good. You know why the re- reason why he wasn't good in 2014 is because he had he had injury problems throughout that season. He was, and he even said so when 2015. Why are you so good this year? Well, last year I wasn't really 100 percent, and that's the whole thing. Is that if you're a running back and you're not 100 percent. Bang! Of course, you're not going to produce. Of course, nobody will. And also, to sneak in I'm one more bust. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my... to sneak in one more. To sneak in. Well, I already gave you. I think he's our low RB one in in standard, but I think he's even lower for obviously PPR. But I'll give you one more bust before uh, I know you want guys want to move on to the baseball stuff. Uh, I'm going to give you one more bust, Matt Jones of the Washington Redskins. Yeah, uh, I don't think um, I, yeah, I, don't, I a, really I'm don't. Uh, I think he's a pretty risky. Uh, I think he's a bit, a bit of a risky pick uh, for me. He's low. He's very low on my. Well, not very low, but he's just low on my target target radar. I don't know what yeah, you think my, of uh, Matt. I I don't. I don't think much of him. I mean, he's got it opened up that he should be the starter, but I just don't know if he can handle the full workload as it is, let alone for the whole season. So I'm staying away from from him. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's honestly the only NFC East running back that I have any interest in, aside from maybe Sproles as like a later flyer for PPR flex. But, um, I don't know, the guys I'm looking at for my bust, you already mentioned Abdullah um, and Latavius Murray, who Joe mentioned as injury guys, but uh, he was he was listed as my bust. Um, he, uh, I, I think DeAndre Washington, they're, they're already talking about him making an impact early and being a definite third down guy. 
Um, so if he can prove himself there and, and help out, you know, in the passing game, you know, he might be might be in there to sneak some, some carries from Murray. Um, so Oakland's offense in general is just not overly impressive. So um, I'm not looking to get Murray on any of my squads this year. No, no I, I don't blame you. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's another he's another low target for me as well. Uh, not that I don't like Oakland, I think Oakland is a, is is really improving. But I think I think they're better in, I think their improvement is coming through the passing, much like to the Jaguars. So yeah, like, it's so, like it's like any, no running backs on the Jaguars really uh, really interest me either. Uh, you know. No, no, definitely not. And I mean, I, I don't need to consider them butts at this point because I don't think anybody's expecting them to be anything. But you know, so the other side of that, there's always there's always sleepers, and we've got we've got uh, for me, it, it's Matt Forte and Duke Johnson. I think you know Matt Forte is starting to climb up the boards a little bit. Um, I, but I still think he's being totally undervalued here. Um, Especially if Fitzpatrick comes back, uh, I just think I think Forte's got some left in the tank. He's a good player, um, and Duke Johnson, especially in PPR leagues, I think we're going to see a lot of catches out of the backfield from him. Uh, I don't. I still think Crowell will be involved in the actual running game, but Duke Johnson is going to be the guy you want there to own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm warming to Duke Johnson a, a lot more than I than I was at the beginning of the off season. Uh, I immediately thought uh, it, it really looked like the the Browns were like this was a throwaway season at the beginning. Now with uh, well with the return of Gordon, things are things are brightening up a little bit. But you still got RG three in the backfield, and apparently he's still not showing any. He didn't show anything. He didn't show any sparkle in the OTAs, uh, even though he's uh, he says he is. But I, I, I just don't know. But if anybody can do it, it's Hugh Jackson. So we'll have to see how the Browns or Browns pan out. But I'm definitely I'm definitely not with Crowell though. More yeah, uh, my, Crowell uh... is definitely out. My guys I'm looking at that I like a lot this year, uh, Foster, now that he's signed with Miami, you know, it's it's good to have that competition there with the, with the Jaya. Um, but I think he's going to be huge in PPR. They're already talking about, you know, how impressive he is with his skill set, you know, and how he's more of a receiver. So uh, I think he, he can definitely, assuming he stays healthy, he can have a big year down there. Um, I really like uh, Langford out in Chicago. I, I worry a little bit on whether or not he can carry the load all season again, you know, since he, he wasn't the main guy all year last year. Uh, but he, he played well with Forte being out. Uh, but staying in that division, I, I, I'm really looking for Eddie Lacy to put it together this year. And, you know, they're talking about, how healthy he looks and how good he looks in camp, you know, with his, his weight loss and everything. So maybe this is finally his year to, to really put it together. Um, and, and I can see them leaning on him a lot. If it, if, you know, if he proves early that he's going to be a workhorse, 
you know, I think those receivers might might take some some hits to their overall productivity um, and, and Rodgers in general too. But I, I really am looking for Lacey to to prove it this year. Yeah, I, he's definitely a comeback candidate in my books as well. I, I echo pretty much what pretty much what you what you say there. Um, and Lacey, uh, he's he's well playing for a contract. I always love contract year players. They've got a lot to play for. So, are, besides those guys that we mentioned, do you have any sleepers? We're kind of running short on time, so we don't have a lot of. Uh, a lot that we okay, can I'll just, say on I'll, them, I'll just fire them off. Like I mentioned, Kenneth Dixon and I uh, like Kadeem Carey, actually, of the Chicago Bears. There's Kadeem a couple. Carey, interesting. All right. Kadeem Carey, yeah, Kadeem Carey. All right, Kadeem and Carey that's interesting because I do want to I do want to mention some of these rookies that are coming in, and obviously, you know, everybody talks about Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Derrick Henry is one that I think is going to get drafted, you know, behind Demarco Murray in Tennessee. Uh, I don't really think that Henry's going to be much of anything this year. He's more of a dynasty pickup. CJ Proceis in Seattle is an interesting one to me, especially with the Thomas Rawls possibility of not starting the season. Who knows how healthy he is. Devontae Booker in Denver. I mean, Hillman, is he going to jump Hillman? I kind of think he already has. Could he possibly jump C.J. Anderson if Anderson, you know, falters to start the season? Uh, some people kind of think so. I'm not really sure. You know, I don't know enough about the guy. Uh, Kenyon Drake in Miami, I think, just got absolutely buried by the Foster signing. So he is completely off the board. And then, interestingly enough, you mentioned Kadeem Carey. I like Jordan Howard more than Kadeem Carey. I think Jordan Howard is going to be the second running back there in Chicago. Well, he's already listed as a number two. I get that, but I'm uh, I'm quite I'm quite interested in Kadeem Carey. I think he's I think he's good enough to. Uh, well, it's it's a pig and a poke in Chicago because John Fox uh, and John Fox likes committees, so it's not necessarily a given that there's going to be a uh, main bell cow there. My but, thing with uh, Kadeem Carey is that he was behind Forte two years ago. Last year they drafted Langford, and then Langford jumped him already. So I don't know why. Like obviously he's just not getting the job done. When he's been in there, he hasn't really done much of anything. So it's experience. He just hasn't had enough experience. That's all I feel about it. Has Langford did uh, enough to jump him? <laughs> yeah, Langford's good. Don't, don't don't knock Langford. He came in and he uh, had a couple of big games, but I'm I'm for uh, Kadeem Carey. Uh, I'm I'm I. When I say something, it comes true. <laughs> okay. That's All right. Like when I say a player's going to get injured, he does. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm no, but I, I mean I could be wrong, but I mean I really do think I I think Kylie I've been uh, I looked up on him. I think he's a I think he's a good sleeper. I mean you don't you don't pick him until you're he's one of the deepies that that, that you might want to fill well, up. He'll your be bench. like last round um, guy. Uh, yeah, he could be one of those surprisers, you know. So I don't know. I had a good OTAs. He he came out. He, 
he's come out really strong. He's got his head on right, and he's uh, he he wants to look for more. He's hungry, so I like that in a player. So, but like All I say, right. John Fox. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just real quick, out, out of those guys, besides Elliot, out of those guys, who you know, who's the rookie you're looking at that you want on your team? Obviously, besides Elliot. Uh, well, Kenneth Dixon. All right, duh. You already mentioned him. That, that would make sense. Yep. I guess that was the obvious answer. You, yeah. AJ? <laughs> yeah, Kenneth Dixon. Kenneth Dixon's my number one uh, rookie after uh, Elliot, I think. Um, I I actually like Henry. Uh, I don't think Murray's going to do a whole lot this year. I mean, he's definitely not going to be Dallas DeMarco from two years ago. I also don't think he's going to be Philly DeMarco from last year. Um, he's going to be somewhere in between, I think. But I, I feel like he might be closer to the Philly side than the Dallas side. Um, so I think Henry's going to get some get some opportunities. I, and I think he's going to do, um, you know, make the most of them. Um, so I, I do like Henry this year. All right. Fair enough. So anyway, that is all we have for the running back preview. We got a couple other things I want to touch on, but Richard, I want to thank you for coming on and, and, uh, and helping out and you want to let everybody know where they can find you and. On yes. Twitter and uh, like you can find, yeah, you can find me on the fantasy six pack and be sure to tune in to the fantasy edge on Thursday night, 10 PM Eastern. We're going to, Kevin and I are going to be uh, talking about the players we're going to be watching in the preseason games. So be sure to be sure to listen to that. And uh, I'm sorry for uh, getting things uh, mixed up in the show. <laughs> it's all right. It was an, I, the I was, first time it's happened here. Uh, well, no, well, I, you know, I, you know, I, when I have a, I kind of have a standard for my show, so I, I, I try to, I try to feed that onto, uh, onto your show, but uh, it's all flat. But at least you got my points in. So uh, hopefully, hopefully you can come on. Maybe I have to get AJ on our show one of these days. AJ, would you be keen to come on the show one of these days? Yeah, I can, Thursday night, uh, I 10 p.m. I can probably make one that happen days? one of these one of these days. Yeah. Well, I want to join you in this week. Maybe uh, maybe next week I might be able to pop on. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe. Well, maybe we'll get you on the week after. We kind of have, kind of have everything set for this week, but but the week after, yeah, we might get you on. Uh, so, uh, thanks for having me on, Joe, and, uh, I'll, uh, talk to you soon. Hey, man, definitely. Right, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Yeah, good night, good. Good night guys. Bye-bye. Take it easy. <clears throat> so, before we, we close up the show here with a couple of Twitter questions I've got, you know, we didn't talk any baseball last week, I, and one of the, one of the big piece of the news here is the whole Kershaw injury and I'm actually looking up on Roto World right now. It's actually an update just a couple hours ago. He still has not been cleared to throw. Um, there's been talk that he's going to have season ending back surgery and that's that's worrisome. Like even if I own him in a dynasty league, I might be talking about trading him because back injuries, man, those can really wreck a, wreck a career. Um, especially for a pitcher, like all the all the twisting and turning that they they put on their back. I don't know, man. I'm I'm a, I'm actually really worried about Kershaw. Yeah, I, um, 
I, I haven't seen the news, so this is news to me just now, hot off the presses. But um, <laughs> I knew uh, I knew that he wasn't doing well, um, and it really is a shame because he's you know the the best pitcher in the game right now. I mean, when healthy, obviously. Um, but I, I do feel like this was possibly bothering him before he got shut down and, and put on the DL uh, because you could see, you know, a few chinks in his armor coming through and whatnot. But, I mean, it's a shame. It really is because he's been so dominant for so long, you know, in the regular season. Um, you know, we, we've seen his woes. Um, but, you know, hopefully he can he can get it figured out and if it costs him the rest of this season, then so be it. But hopefully he can come back next year and be good to go. Yeah, and then, you know, another kind of relatively big pitching uh, injury that happened a couple of weeks ago was Craig Kimbrell. Um, and then just shortly after that, Koji Urihara went on the DL for them. So the Red Sox struggling in the reliever department, you know, the closer department right now. I guess, luckily, they uh, traded for uh, Ziegler. I guess that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Kimmer, Kimmer yeah. really, at least he's throwing. Uh, sounds like, you know, I think there was a three- to six-week timetable for him. Sounds like he's going to be back within that timetable. Um, so, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too worried about him, but that's it's definitely a big blow. But he'll be back for fantasy playoffs, so you know, I I would stash him honestly, and I did. Somebody dropped him in our league, and I picked him up. I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and was wondering. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what? Why the hell was he dropped? So yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't even realize it. I'm not so. I mean, we're, we're in a safe league, so that, I think that has yeah. something to do with it. Is not he's not as valuable in that type of league, but I'm going to take a you know I'm going to take one of the elite closers in in all of baseball over almost any of these holds guys any day of the week. So yeah, uh, that's yeah, kind of kind of a crazy drop for me. So um, scrolling down the list here, the whole Chris Sale situation. Please tell me you've heard about this. Chris who? No. Chris Sale. I have heard that he was suspended for five games. He went on some kind of a tirade and was, you know, bitching about the team not going out and getting players and staying stagnant. Is, is that pretty much correct? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't know about that getting players type of thing, but he, like, didn't like the uniforms or something and just decided to cut them up. Like, what in the oh, hell? I've never heard it. Okay. I never no, heard it. I totally didn't see it in my life. So, I, man, I saw that, read the news, man. <laughs> I saw that Rick Sutcliffe uh, did did his, his best Chris Sale impersonation and, and cut his tie tonight on the Oh, on my the, gosh. The, I did the, not see that. That's funny. That airing. So, that's pretty hilarious. But, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I thought that it was something to do with players because of the the tirade and, I think and ownership the, getting involved. I think it with, you know, management for a while, but it's – Yeah. It's, I've never heard of anything like that before. That's just such a crazy, crazy move there to do. And I don't know. 
I mean, I'm sure he'll come back and he'll pitch fine, but it's, he's Chris Sale, and he probably is going to get traded at some point. I mean, I don't, if I was another team, I wouldn't worry about that at all. He's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. So just rattling yeah. through a couple more injuries here. Jordan Zimmerman's on the mend. He's He should be coming back, if not this week, next week. Um, had a couple guys listed. Where my notes go? Um, man, totally lost it. Um, oh, well, Joe Panic. He was supposed to have come back from his seven-day DL, which ended up being like three weeks um, <laughs> for concussions this past week. But he ended up having – no one really knows if it was a setback or not, but it was – I don't know. Either way, he's now back on rehab, and he should be back this week, which I hope teammate Hunter Pence should also be back this week or ne- maybe next week. So that's good news for San Francisco and – my fantasy team because I own both of them in our league. Uh, Johnny Peralta hit back the DL for some. They're saying early August, but I'm not really going after him at all. Uh, Prince Fielder looking like he's done for the year. And at this point, I think I'm not touching him in fantasy at all anymore. He's just been dreadful. And uh, yeah, Joe Ross, um, he should be coming back from shoulder inflammation. Uh, there was talk that he was going to come back this week, but now they're saying they might want to get him one more rehab, uh, one more rehab assignment here. So, you know, a bunch of injury news, and I'm sure there's more that I've missed. Oh, Bautista's back from the DL, so that's that's another one that I know happened. There's a lot of injuries that have happened in the last like two weeks. It's been yeah, way pretty sad. Chen just uh, he suffered from a sprained left elbow. He just went on the the 15 day um, yeah. retroactive to the 21st. So um, he should potentially be back early August. Um, but you know, with elbows, you never know. And it's if it's something that's going to hang out there, is it going to keep him through? Uh, you know, because of Tommy John, if that comes up. Um, Trevor Rosenthal apparently was placed on the disabled list today with right shoulder inflammation. Um, let's see. Yeah, but does anybody care? <laughs> no, I'm probably not. Really. not. Um, Quig. You know, Vizcano is, is on the, the DL. Um, yeah, Quig's been day-to-day. I mean, are, are you even bothering with him at this point? No. I don't even, that was the greatest trade I made in, in our keeper league two years ago was getting rid of Puig right after his tremendous rookie season. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what I got for him, but it was definitely better than what he's been. You know, and, and the the last the last guy I want to talk about who I think is just going forgotten completely is D. Gordon's gonna be returning two days from now. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what do you what are you expecting from this guy the, the rest of the year? I don't really know. Well, I mean, Miami is in the hunt. Uh, they're playing pretty good ball right now, and Stanton seems like he's been better. Uh, he was he was dreadful for a while, but yeah, you know, after the home run competition, I think he's kind of getting more confidence back, and and he's starting to play well. I'm pissed at myself for not going out and getting Gordon either yesterday or the 
the day before or something. Uh, I, I had a, I was looking, tracking him and tracking him and tracking him. And second base was like my bane of my team, and some guy grabbed him. I, I ended up getting busy, and, and some guy grabbed him that afternoon. I was pissed myself. Well, I'm surprised he even lasted this long. He got kept in our league the entire time. I know. That's 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 pretty bold. <laughs> but uh um, second base is pretty bad. <laughs> Mine is the top like right. four or five. Oh it is. I mean that's just it. Uh another another injury, Alex Cobb, elbow issues. Um, good after ugh. golfing a bullpen Tuesday, so you know, we'll see if he, you know, he's going to have to go out and do some rehab starts, you know, once he's able to. But I'm not sure if he's going to be really worth much much help for your teams this year. Yeah, so like I said, a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. You know, I don't want to forget about baseball. It's definitely, you know, that sport's at least being played right now, so... A lot to yeah. talk about still. Playoffs coming around in the next month or so for, for most leagues. But let's finish up the show here like we always do. And uh, I had a lot more questions to ask, but I'll just go through probably the, the best one I got all week. I got a lot from this one guy. Um, <clears throat> so he he asked me, I'm guessing he's picking, asking me pick one of Odubel, um or who, Odubel? That's the guy from Phillies. I know that. Yeah, Miller, Yeah, Brad Miller, Adam Eaton, Justin Upton. What do you think is how he asked it? So I'm guessing he's asking pick one. Um, you're not going to like my answer, but I'll let you go first. I. I'm pretty sure your answer might be the same as mine. I would say Bauer. Yeah, uh, pretty much. He, he's been the best uh, out of that bunch. Uh, Herrera's been very good too. He, you know, he started off real hot and he's kind of, you know, sank back down a little bit. Um, Eaton, Eaton's been good. He's been consistent, but you know, as much as I hate to say it, um, Dexter Fowler, and surprisingly, I actually picked him up in my my one league. He was sitting out there. I'm like, I don't understand why this is, um, but you know, oh, maybe wow. maybe I say that, and and that was a bad call to pick him up because I don't think he's actually done anything for me yet. Let me see here. Yeah, he's he's had some. He's had a couple good games. I know he hit a home run the other day. So it was. Um, yeah, that, okay, I so I, I got got five points out of him yesterday. Uh, I think I picked him up Sunday, and then he didn't play. Yeah. No, I, I don't have him Sunday. So. Oh, I did. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree with you. Fowler's got to be the guy. You know, Brad Miller's been pretty good. Herrera's been all right. Justin Upton's been up and down. Eaton, he doesn't do anything for me. So Fowler's been the most consistent guy all season. He's on the arguably the best offense in the game right now. So I think I don't know how you can go wrong with that. So that is the show that I've got. Uh, you got you got anything more to add, AJ? Nope, I'm good. 
All right, we'll tune in next week when I believe we've got Jonathan Chan from Fantasy Six Pack on to help us with the wide receiver preview. And everybody have a good night. See you all next week, same time, same channel. All right, take it easy.